As you guys know, we have been going through a series on what is the gospel, uh, by uh, inspired by Greg Gilbert's book called What is the Gospel. Uh, and you may recall what the four main parts of the gospel, if we were to share the gospel and we wanted to categorize it into four parts, you might remember what is the first section. Just say it out loud. God. Am I the only one who knows this? What's the first section, we would say? God. Oh. <laughs> what is the second section? Man. The third? Christ. And then last we look at the fourth? Response. Yeah, God, man, Christ, and response is what we would say. Now, today in our last uh, section here in this small series of what is the gospel, next week we'll be back combined. Uh, I want to go straight away a little bit from Greg Gilbert's book, not because I didn't like the direction he went. Uh, I think his last couple of chapters are wonderful, uh, and I encourage you, if you are reading the book, to finish the book. Uh, but just for our purposes, I want to go in a little bit of a different direction, um, and that is sharing the good news. I wanted to talk about sharing the good news of the gospel. All right, so that's what we're talking about tonight. It's very much uh, spoken now to the Christian. If you are a Christian, I hope that you are listening tonight uh, and are encouraged to do exactly that, share the good news. Okay, let me pray for us, guys. We need his help. We need his grace as we seek to understand his word. So please pray with me. Lord God, I pray that you would help us in this time, that you would give us understanding, that you would be uh, with my words, that it would not be my words, but your words. God, that your gospel would make a true impact in our hearts, that you'd give us a desire and a boldness to then share it with others for your glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. How many of you guys like going to the dentist? Okay, let me have you. I was there today. You were? Good job. You were too? Did you guys see each other? No. Different dentist. Well, I absolutely love going to the dentist. Uh, it's one of my favorite places to go. If if it was up to me, uh, if I could, I'd go to the dentist every day. Because there's... Scarlett, you're looking at me like, are you mentally ill? What is wrong with you? Okay, let, let, let me explain. First off, you get escorted to a nice, big, long, comfy chair that you get to lay down in for like an hour. Yes, please. With your mouth open. And then you have these lovely old ladies <laughs> cleaning your teeth for you. And they clean it really good. After I'm done, my teeth feel brand new because they get in there and they really brush it. And they get that metal pick and they scrape away all the plaque. And they get that floss and they get right in between the teeth. And they do such a wonderful job. I love the dentist. And we're having a great time. We're just there laughing, and it, it's wonderful. Now, the thing is, though, as much as I love the dentist, and as well, as good as I think my dental hygiene is, it's pretty good, I think. They always tell me the same thing. And maybe they tell you this. They always say, you need to floss more. Yes. They always tell me that. Why do they tell me that? Because I do not floss very much. I'll be honest. I do brush my teeth. Twice a day, two minutes a day with an electric toothbrush. That's what you're supposed to do, I believe. That's what they tell me. And I do it. And they say, your brushing's really good. You know, I can tell you're brushing good. I can tell it. But 
your gums, not great. You need to be flossing more. And I know it. I know I need to do that because they tell me that every time. And I do floss, but I don't floss as much as they want me to. Even though I know I need to and I know I know that I should, I don't. For most people, I think sharing the gospel is like flossing. That you know you need to do it. You know you need to share the gospel with others. But maybe you don't do it. And you don't do it as much as you know you should. Over the past five weeks, we've studied the gospel. We have seen how the gospel truly is good news. In fact, it's the best news. And I think we would agree with this, hopefully, that we would know that, that we've seen that in the last five weeks. It's the best news that anyone could ever receive, and it's the best news that you could ever give to someone. And tonight we're going to look at how and why the, why Christians need to be sharing the gospel. Why we should be sharing this good news. In fact, if you're here, you're a Christian here tonight, think back. You were probably saved because someone somehow shared the gospel with you at some point. And they may not have said, God, man, Christ response, just like that. But they somehow, someway communicated the true biblical gospel to you. And by the grace of God, you accepted this gospel and your life has been forever changed because of it. The Lord uses people like you and me to share his gospel to others in order to save them. We do not save others. We don't do that. But God in his grace uses us to bring his people to himself, to save others. What a gift. What a joy it is to be part of that work. That every single Christian can and should be part of that work of sharing the gospel. Tonight, Christian, I want to give you three charges. Three charges as I urge you to share the gospel. And that is to be obedient to your calling, to be bold in your proclamation, and to be compassionate in your zeal. Alright? That's the three we're going to do. This time, I'm just giving you three main points. Normally I give you main points and subpoints. If you're taking notes and trying to follow along, don't be waiting for the subpoint to pop up, because it never will. And then you'll just be like, oh, I didn't write anything, because I was just waiting for 20 minutes. Don't do that. Alright? Just three main points. That's what we're doing today. So first is be obedient to your calling. Be obedient to your calling. Christians are new creations. They are dead to the old self, and they are alive to the new self. If there has been a change in your life, then there needs to be a change in your life. You see what I'm saying? I just said the same thing. But do, but do you understand what I'm saying? That if there's been a change in your life, if truly God has saved you, if he has taken you out of darkness and brought you into his marvelous light, if you truly are saved, if there's been a change in your life, then there needs to be a change in your life. There needs to be a change in how you live. You cannot be the same. You cannot live the same. Christians are new creations. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If you are a Christian, your old ways and your old desires and your old passions are dead. You've buried it. And now you've been given new life and you are a new creation. Do you remember the 180 degrees? Do we remember this last year? Last year. Last week I was Tony Hawk. 
Anyone remember me as Tony Hawk? I was on my skateboard. And, and, and I'm riding, actually I was riding this way towards Satan, right? And then, I'm not saying everyone in high school is Satan, but right, I'm, I'm going this way towards Satan. And then what happens? I did that cool 180. And then I went this way, right? That's 180. They're turning the opposite way. That is the Christian. They've been given new life. They are a new creation. And part of this new change in the creation is now a desire to obey him. This change in a Christian now has new desires. And that desire is now to obey God. Things are different. Your desires are different. You now find pleasure in doing what God wants. Because you love him. Because he first loved you. This is a mark of a true believer. Let me just stop right there and ask all of you, is that you? Is that true of you? If you are here and you claim to be a Christian, are your desires changed in a way where you want to obey God now? You now desire to obey God. Do you find pleasure in obeying his commands? Or do you still find them burdensome? Is it still, oh, I know God wants me to do this. I really don't want to, but I guess I will. Oh, I guess I, God says not to gossip, so I guess I shouldn't. Oh, I guess I'm supposed to obey my parents. So I guess I should so I can obey him. I don't want to. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to. All these things. Are they a burden? Or have, are your, have your desires changed now? You desire to live in obedience to him. Now, why do I mention this? Why do I mention desire and obedience to God? Because Christians are called to share the gospel. It is now a matter of obedience. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. You've probably heard of this before. It's called the Great Commission. Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That is our mission, Christian. That is our job. That as a new creation, alive to the new self, that this is now a command from God. It is a huge command from God that we ought to live in obedience to. And that we ought to take pleasure in obeying. It is the calling of every Christian to share the gospel. If you are a Christian, it is your calling from God to share the gospel. And some say, well, sharing the gospel is for missionaries overseas. Well, I have news for you, Christian. You are a missionary overseas, over AC, somewhere else in the world. America needs the gospel spread, and God has placed you here right now. And so spread it, Christian. You are here to spread the gospel here. And sharing the gospel is not just a command for, for what, the office of a missionary only, that we would say. But it's a command from God for every single believer. I think maybe part of the reason why we don't share the gospel, if we're honest, is because we've lost excitement over it. We've lost excitement over the gospel. If the gospel is true in your life, and it is really that big of a deal to you, like if the gospel truly has saved you and has impacted your heart, then share it. We do this with everything else in our life, do we not? We share all these Cool and impactful things in our life. But why don't we do this with the gospel? I remember 
I still like movies, but I think I used to really be more into movies. But I remember when the movie Inception came out. Has anyone seen Inception? Okay, we have some people that like it. Yes. Uh, I, I loved it when it came out. Uh, I'm not really saying I suggest you go watch it because I think it's PG-13 and not everyone here is 13. So uh, I cannot uh, endorse it. Okay. Uh, parents listening on the recording. Uh, but it was very good, I thought. And anyways, when it came out, and I've only done this once, I saw it three times in theaters. And the, uh, we get, we, three weekends in a row. And the reason why is because I saw it. And if you've seen it, you know it just gets you talking after it. The ending happens. You're like, what? What's happening? And so I remember talking. I'm talking to my friends about it. And they're like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. You want to go see it again? Yeah, I'll go again. And then I see them. We're talking about it and talking to someone else. They're like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. You want to see it? Yeah, I'll see it again. So I see it three times. And I remember talking to everyone. But I remember standing there in Pleasant Hill parking lot garage for like an hour after the movie just talking with the people about like oh maybe this is what happened and maybe this and that and we're all talking about it i remember telling everyone guys you have to go see this movie inception it's so cool and we do this with all kinds of things right the things that excite us the things that we like the things that we love we talk to others about Oh my goodness, we say, I just went on this great vacation. You have to see, here are the pictures. Let me tell you all about it. Oh, I just got this new game. Look at this. Or, oh, in Minecraft, look, I built this new house. Let me show you this cool house. Or, look, I just bought this new makeup and look at checking out the color or whatever, right? Like, we, we talk about all these things that excite us. But the gospel is greater than any of these things. It's greater than Inception. It's greater than a vacation or a Minecraft house or makeup or a pony ride or whatever it is that you're excited about. The gospel is greater. Do you share it? Do you share the gospel with the same excitement as you do these other things in your life? Is there anything greater in your life? If you're a Christian, is there anything greater in your life than the saving work of Jesus Christ? And giving you new life, resurrecting a dead soul, and placing you into eternity in heaven with him. Has anything more miraculous happened in your life? No, not even close. Then why will you not share this incredible miracle that God has done in your life? Why would you not share this with others? Why would you not tell others of this good news? Sadly, I think a common excuse I hear is that people say they don't have time. They don't have the opportunity to share the gospel. And I know everyone's busy. You guys are busy playing your video games or busy with your sports or busy studying, busy hanging out with friends. You're busy. I get it. But life will only get busier. When are you going to share the gospel? When are you going to be able to, to fit this into your schedule? Oh, I need to fit in sharing the gospel with others. You need to stop thinking of sharing the gospel as a separate event, as its own thing. It needs to be part of every event of your life. That's how you ought to view the gospel. That you can share the gospel wherever you are. In fact, where you are is exactly where God wants you to share the gospel. At school, whatever school you go to is where the gospel needs to be proclaimed. At your house, in the home which he's given you, he's put you in, the gospel needs proclaimed. For a lot of you, it's the same place, school and home. 
And so there it needs to be proclaimed. At church, it needs to be proclaimed. In your neighborhood, at your park, in the store, on the airplane, wherever you are. The people around you need to hear the gospel. And wherever you are is exactly where God wants you. It is where he wants you to share the gospel. He has put you on a specific sports team. Do you think that was by accident or coincidence? No, he put you there. And if you're a Christian, he put you there to be a light there and to spread his gospel there. He put you in this neighborhood. He put you in this family. He put you with these friends. He put you there, not on accident, but with intention. Will you live with intentionality? Will you live purposely sharing this good news of the gospel? Who in your life needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? I want you to think about it. Who in your life needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Will they not hear it from you? Why will they not? See, I asked who in your life who in your life is to hear the gospel? That means that you are in their life. And will they not hear the gospel of Jesus Christ from you? Will you keep it hidden? Will you keep this joy, this treasure, this gift away from them? Are you waiting for the right person to step into their life and share the gospel with them? I think that person might be you. Are you waiting for the right time to share the gospel with them? I think that time might be whenever you have the opportunity to speak to them. Are you waiting to know what it is exactly you need to say to them? I think all you need to say is the same very gospel that saved you. Because it's the same gospel that they need too. For it's the only gospel and it's the only thing that can save them. You see, there really is nothing to be waiting on. Are there unbelievers that you know? Can you think, are there unbelievers in your life? That you know. Then share the gospel with them. Maybe you say, well, I only know Christians. I don't know any non-Christians. Only Christians. Then I would say, share the gospel with them too. Because they too need the gospel. And it will be different how you share it with them than how you share with unbelievers. Sure. But they still need to hear it. Even Christians need to hear about God's grace. About his love. About his promises. They need to hear the goodness of the gospel. See, it doesn't matter who you know. The people around you need to hear the gospel. The gospel should never stop being on your lips. Don't look at your stage in life and think, I, I, just, I have no opportunity to share the gospel. My life's pretty boring. I don't do anything. That's probably true for most of you. It is boring. That's supposed to be a joke. But... <laughs> Even so, you have opportunity. It's all around you. Look at Paul. If you think of Paul, if anyone had a legitimate excuse, we would say, to not share the gospel anymore, it would be Paul. Paul was put in prison because he was preaching the gospel. He's out there preaching. And so they put him in prison so that he would no longer preach the gospel. They say, great, now he can't preach. He can't be out there on the streets preaching the gospel. He's in jail. And everyone would probably excuse Paul and say, you're right, Paul. Look, you did your your due diligence. You did your work. You're in prison now. We're going to try to get you out so you can keep preaching. And he said, no, that's not going to stop me. 
He doesn't make an excuse. He says, great. I'll preach the gospel in here. These guards, they're chained up to me. You know, they had to do that. They, had to, they, they would chain themselves to the prisoner. Like, a, you know, on their ankle or their wrist or something. They, they chain them together. And every so often, every, I don't know how many hours, they'd have to switch out the guards. And every time you get a new guard, great, here's a new person I can share the gospel with. He didn't make an excuse to say, I'm in prison. And we're just out there sharing the gospel. He says, it's even better now. Now I have guards that are stuck to me. And I'm sharing the gospel. And they can't leave because they're chained to me. You see, it was God's purpose and plan for Paul to be in prison. So that he could preach in there. And so too is it God's purpose and plan to put you wherever you are. Hopefully not in prison. So that you can be a light and preach the gospel where you are as well. Where are you right now? Where has God placed you? That is where you ought to be sharing the gospel. Okay, our second point. I told you, you'd be waiting a while. Secondly, first we said be obedient to your calling. Secondly, be bold in your proclamation. Be bold in your proclamation. Be bold in your proclamation. Don't let the fear of man prevent you from sharing the gospel. Romans 1.16, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Can you say that? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Sometimes that's not always true for us, is it? If we're honest, sometimes, sadly, we are ashamed of the gospel. We're embarrassed if people know that we're a Christian. Maybe you don't want to tell people, oh yeah, I'm, I, I'm a Christian. Maybe you don't want to tell people, yeah, that's not what would honor Christ. How do you view Christianity? If you're a Christian, you are a new creation now. Do you like that? Or are you embarrassed by that? I know that the world does not see Christianity as, as quote, cool. And I know there's a big, there's pressure to be cool, to be accepted. I remember in junior high and high school especially, both junior high and high school, I was embarrassed by Christianity. I'll be honest. I was a Christian. I believe I was saved at around 11 years old. Going to my junior, junior high years, right? And I should be excited, and I was. But then peer pressure started hitting and being a Christian wasn't cool. And so I would be embarrassed by it, and I'd hide it. Especially when I went to high school, public high school. And people would say things, you know, they talk a certain way, act a certain way, and then they find I'm a Christian. Like, oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, you're, you're, oh, you're just a goody two-shoes. Well, sorry. Like, no, 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 it's fine. It's cool. It's all right. So I want to be accepted. And I cared more about what they thought. I was ashamed of the gospel. See, we must rest in our acceptance of God, not our acceptance of man. God is way better than any other man or woman here on earth. He is the creator of the universe. He is way cooler than anyone here. But for whatever reason, there can be an appeal to be a follower of this world, really a follower of Satan, and not a follower of God. It is viewed as cooler. It is more appealing to follow the influences of the world and not follow God. As if God, as if God is not the best. As if Satan is somehow better than God. 
like it's cooler to follow, follow Satan in the world than it is God. It's ridiculous. But it's the pressure we receive. But think of the reality of it. Let's just compare the two sides. It's kind of silly to compare. They're not even in the same league. But let's just compare God, who is the creator of the universe, who is the victor, who is holy. You have Satan, who was created. He will be crushed. He is sinful. And he's really a complete loser. And when you compare the two, there is no question of who is better between God and Satan. But sometimes we're embarrassed to be on the Jesus side. We'd rather be associated with the worldly side, with Satan's side, and not on Christ's side. And I think it's because we're often worried about what other people think. And we're worried about not being accepted and not being liked by others. There's so much pressure these days to, to be liked, to be accepted by our peers. And it's a hard struggle. I get it. I know it. I feel it. Even as an old man like me. Am I old? I think I'm old. And you're like, well, now you look like you're 12. <laughs> Thank you. But we need to let go of that. We need to let go of our selfish hearts and remember that we are here to live for him. And we're to rest in our acceptance of him, not of those around us, but rest in our acceptance of Christ. I think another reason why you may fear sharing the gospel is the fear of being persecuted. Are you ever scared of being persecuted? I know I have been. Whether it's physically persecuted, emotionally, verbally, relationally. I understand it's a real fear and it's actually a real risk. But we must trust the Lord and remember he is bigger than man. The Bible says, what can man do to me? Right? Like what's the worst? If you preach the gospel and you they you are persecuted, what's the worst they can do to you? Someone raise your hand or say it. Kill you. The worst they can do is kill you. And it's like, great. The worst you can do is give me a fast pass to go see Jesus. Go ahead. Go at it. I know there are real risks in sharing the gospel. I don't want to minimize that. But remember that God is on your side. And while persecution will happen, it is promised that it will happen, Christian. It's also promised that it will be for your good and for his glory. We must not fear. And we do not need to fear man. It says in Romans 8, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Some fear sharing the gospel because they feel they don't know enough. I don't know enough, and people are smarter. They're going to ask me these hard questions, and then I'm going to look stupid, and then they definitely won't want to accept Jesus because who wants to accept something stupid is what people think. Let me tell you this. You don't need to be a Bible scholar to share the gospel. Just share it. Just share the gospel. If you are a Christian, you know enough because you know what he has done in your life. Be like the blind man when he said, look, I don't know what's going on. All I know is I was blind and now I see. If you're a Christian, that's you. Look, all I know is I was blind and now I see. I was dead and now I'm alive. If you are a Christian, you know what the Lord has done in your life. So share that. 
Don't worry about what you know and what you don't know. Share the truths of Christ and share what he's done in your life. Don't say, well, I, I, I need to be older or I need to learn more. No. If you are a Christian, the Lord wants to use you to further his kingdom. So share the gospel. That's it. It's really as simple as that. Just share it. Be bold in your proclamation of the gospel. Lastly, be compassionate in your zeal. Be compassionate in your zeal. Sharing the gospel, it's not about just being right and and proving that other people are wrong. I'm right and you're wrong. It's true that the gospel is right. And it's true that if anything else contradicts or opposes the gospel, then it's wrong. That is true. But sharing the gospel must never be about winning an argument or, or, or being in a higher class than everyone else. That you are somehow better because you have the right answers and, and they don't. Sharing the gospel must be about loving the lost. And desiring that they come to know the truth of the gospel. And they come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. It is out of love for them. It is out of love for the unbeliever that you desire to share the gospel with them. Because you know and you understand that the gospel and really the the effects of the gospel. Having a loving relationship with God. You know that that is the best thing that could ever happen to you. And so out of love for the other person. You cannot hold that back from them. You cannot hold back what is best for them. Instead, you have to share that. You must share what is best. Let me ask you, Christian, do you have a heart for the lost? Do you have a heart for the lost? Do you love the unbeliever? You seek what is best for them. What's best for the unbeliever? A loving relationship with God. Do you love them? And do you seek that for them? Do you desire that others would come to have a saving faith in Jesus Christ? Do you want the best for your unbelieving family? Do you want the best for your unbelieving friends? Do you want the best for those who love? What is better than a loving relationship with God? Sometimes we're scared to share the gospel because we want to keep the peace. We think, well, I love them. I want to do what's most loving to them. So what's most loving is to keep the peace. I would argue, though, what is more loving is caring for their soul and their eternal damnation that they're facing. What about your enemies? Do you want your enemies to come to know the saving faith in Jesus Christ? Do you want your enemies to be saved? Remember, Christian, where you were when God saved you. It says in Romans chapter 5, you were his enemy. Christian, be active in sharing the gospel to the unbelieving world around you. We can be so passionate about other things in life, but will you not be passionate about the spreading of his word and the furtherance of his kingdom? Will you not be passionate about God's will for your life to share the gospel to those around you? Be zealous. To share the gospel. Not just zealous, but we must remember to be compassionate and gracious as well. To speak the truth in love. Never compromise on the truth. 
Always stand firm on truth, but do so in love. Well, you have heard the gospel, hopefully, and if you've been here the last several weeks. God, man, Christ's response. And if you have responded in faith and repentance, like we talked about last week, it is because of God's work in your heart. It is because he has opened your eyes to see the beauty and the awesomeness of his gospel. And as a result of this, you have become a new creation. Now, Christian, part of being a new creation is sharing the gospel. It is not only a command from God, but it also ought to be a new desire coming from a heart of joy, of seeing God's work and grace in your life. So you see, Christian, is one, it is being obedient to him, sharing the gospel, but two, it is understanding the gift that you, pos- that you possess and letting that play out in your life by sharing that with those around you. Have you shared the good news with others? Christian, have you shared the gospel with others? Think about it. When's the last time you shared the gospel with someone? Have you ever? If you're a Christian, I want you to think back of the last time, the last person you shared the gospel with. If you even ever have. Ask that the Lord would give you these opportunities. And ask him for strength that you would be bold proclaim this gospel. Sometimes it's scary. Do you ever pray? God, I pray that you'd give me opportunity to share the gospel with an unbeliever. Or are you scared of that prayer? Are you scared he might answer it? Yes. You scared of, oh, whoa, what if he says yes and then tomorrow I have the opportunity to share the gospel with an unbeliever? <gasps> then what am I going to do? You're going to share it! Come on, Melanie, back me up. <laughs> See? She knows. Pray. Pray God will give you that opportunity and pray he'll give you boldness. Remember this, Christian. You are not doing the saving. You do not do the saving. Sometimes when we share the gospel, we feel like we are saving them. But we're not. That's a lot of pressure. Someone is saved only by the Holy Spirit. It takes a miracle. It doesn't take you. Not your specific words or how good you share it. You have no control over it. It's God who works. That should give you rest and peace. Just do your job. Share the gospel. Throw the seeds. And the Lord will save whom he wills. Now some of you in here are still resistant to the gospel. But we can talk about you sharing it and this and that. But before we even talk about that, you need to address the issue within your own heart. Because there are some in here who are not genuinely saved. That you have listened to the gospel being preached these last five weeks, but you still resist his truth. And if this is you, I plead with you to turn to Christ. As you need this gospel, you have heard this gospel, will you continue to reject it? Will you continue to harden your heart? Will you continue to hear the truth of this gospel? And reject the free gift of salvation. You have sinned against the holy God. And you cannot save yourself. And Christ is offering his righteousness in faith and repentance. Will you reject him? I urge you, non-Christian, to stop wasting time and to turn to him. 
Turn to him tonight in genuine, personal faith in Jesus Christ and repentance of your sins. Now for believers, I end with this. You have heard the gospel. You've heard the gospel again and again. And I'd say this, Christian, what a joy. What a joy. Don't grow tired of hearing of this incredible gospel, this incredible miracle that's taking place in your heart. But always be overwhelmed by the gospel. And be moved to share this gospel to the unbelieving world around you. Ask that God would give you strength. And he would give you grace. That he would give you boldness. And he would give you compassion to share the good news with the unbelieving world around you. Well, let's close in a word of silent prayer. If you're not a Christian, I encourage you to go to the Lord. Maybe for the first time, it would be in genuine faith and repentance. If you are a Christian, use this time of silent prayer to give God thanks for the miracle he has done in your heart. And maybe if you would be so bold, ask that God would give you an opportunity to share the gospel with someone. And that he would give you boldness. I challenge you, Christian, shine the light of Christ. Be an ambassador for Christ and share the good news. Spend a couple minutes of silent prayer and I'll close us in prayer.